What is going on, everybody? This is your boy, Nathan Crankfield, the founder and host of Seeking Excellence Podcast. Today, first of all, I hope you all had a great St. Valentine's Day weekend. Uh, I hope you had a great time. I know here in Kansas, it's like the real feel. The wind chill outside is like negative 27 degrees right now. So it definitely wasn't time to go out and enjoy the outdoors. But I had a great weekend and hope you did as well. And uh, just a couple of things I want to mention to you. So for today's podcast, uh, Josie breaks it down. She talks about love. She talks about singleness. She talks about the difficulty of, of following God's will in that way. Um, and just what God might be showing us through singleness and, and in relationships. Um, so it's a beautiful podcast, very well-timed, I'd say. Um, so thank you, Josie, for your, your words of wisdom on this. And then another thing that I wanted to share with you guys is uh, Father Jonathan Meyer, He's on our board of directors. He's actually the president of our board of directors, and he's been on many podcasts, as you know. Um, He's doing Lenten Reflections, and so he's going to be doing them on their YouTube channel at the All Saints Parish. We are one YouTube channel, or you can sign up to receive them via text by texting, in all caps, A-S-P-L-E-N-T, that's A-S-P Lent, to 84576. All caps A S P L E N T to eight four five seven six, or you can go through uh, their website and sign up um, to receive them via email. Which I will put both of those links, all that information, in the show notes for today's episode. But if you're still considering what to do for Lent, I would highly encourage you to listen to Father Myron's daily reflections. It's the first year uh, that he's doing it, and I'm very excited about it. And uh, really want to share that with you guys, and hope that you'll join me and the rest of the SE team in doing that this line. So hope you enjoyed today's podcast. And if you do, please share it with somebody who you think would benefit from it as well. You were never out of the fight. You were created for a time such as this. And you are now preparing to be sent into battle. God is calling you to be his disciple, to be formed in virtue and holiness. He has appointed you as an ambassador of his kingdom, to go and represent him to his people. And he's enlisted you as a soldier of Christ, to be sent out to fight for the good in this world. You are not made to make excuses. time for you to take extreme ownership for your life, for all of your life. It's time to rise up and finally be the man or woman you were created to be. Follow God. Lead others. And never surrender. It is time to begin seeking excellence. my friends. This is Josie Kuhlman, and I am back here on the Seeking Excellence podcast as your guest host today. And I am super stoked to be talking with you guys about a topic that I am super passionate about. Um, But first, I think we need to get this party started um, and play a little song for you to get the mood going. So here we go.
I hope that you guys could see me right now because I've totally just been jamming out and dancing here. But um, sometimes you got to like pump yourself up to podcast. And that was me just like pumping myself up for this this episode. Um, So yes, we are talking about love today, all that fun stuff, dating relationships. um, And I yeah, I love it. So um, basically like today I want to chat about just how regardless of your relationship status, how do we let Jesus be our first and primary love? Um, So first, I guess I'll just go into like why this is so critical to our happiness in this life and in our relationships. Um, And then talk about like just the practical, how we can take steps to get there wherever we are in the dating vocation scene. Um, So yeah, it'll be great. Um, But first, I guess I just want to share a little bit of a personal story with my background, um, you know, on dating and where, where my heart has been. Um, So I'll never forget uh, a while back, I was a senior in college and, um, I had just gotten out of, um, my first like really long-term relationship. I had dated a man for two, two and a half years. Um, and I just gotten out of that and was feeling very lonely and just like feeling that ache and like, Oh, like I, you know, you know how it is fresh off of a breakup. And I remember talking to a priest friend and just, like I felt this need to have someone, you know, and like, I wouldn't be happy unless, um, I was living out the vocation of marriage or like pursuing that. Right. And I'll never forget his response because his response really, uh, changed, um, the way I viewed dating and singleness and, um, my relationship with the Lord. Um, so he, he goes, you know, I was just kind of expressing, expressing myself to him and he goes, you know, Josie, um, even if you're called to marriage, there's a possibility, like it might not be very high, but there is a possibility that you will never find your spouse. Yeah. I, um, I didn't like that. I was like, no, 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 no. Like if I'm called to marriage, like I, there's someone out there, like it's all going to work out. Like he's like, well, no, technically like, you know, you have to meet someone and they have to, you know, so like there could be people called to marriage that never get married. Um, and I was just like, wow, that had never crossed my mind before. And he looked at me and he goes, yeah. So like, if that's you, like, if you never find your future husband, I'm not saying you won't, like you probably will, Josie, but if you don't, will God be enough for you? And <laughs> I just sat there because I was like, oh gosh, like I'm convicted. Um, you know, of course I wanted to respond with an absolute like, yes, yes, he is enough. Like, I don't need no man in my life. Like, I'm good. Like said in my sassiest voice ever. Like, I don't know what accent that was that I just had. But anyways, I wanted to respond with like a resounding yes. But in my heart, like I knew at that point in my life, like I couldn't answer that question with a resounding yes. Um, you know, like my desire for marriage in a Christ-centered relationship was so strong that honestly, picturing a future without that, like sounded miserable. Um, yeah. So I realized like that, that at that moment, like, even though I might say that like, yeah, sure. God's enough for me. He fills me up. Um, whatever. I knew that like, I, I couldn't say that and realize he wasn't enough for me because 
I felt like I couldn't be happy unless I had someone else in my life. And that was totally wrong of me. Right. Um, but it was such a blessing to have that conversation with my priest friend, because, um, over the next few years, uh, you know, through that period of singleness, um, which I'm still in, um, it's been a journey of like God stripping me of all that I clung to. So I could let him and him alone fill me up. Um, and because of what he's done in my heart during this period of singleness, I'm super passionate about talking about this topic because I think so many people today expect their significant other or their spouse to fill them up, you know, emotionally, physically, spiritually. Um, and that's just not their role. You know, that puts a ton of pressure on this human being that is fallen and has their own imperfections. Right. Um, and I'm a firm believer that we truly aren't ready for a relationship, let alone marriage until we're comfortable and confident being single, just us and Jesus. Um, so I guess like moving forward into that, I kind of just want to chat for a minute about like the purpose of a vocation, um, you know, because we should, if we're dating, we should be dating with intention and in purpose, right? And the purpose of dating is to find our spouse for the sacrament of marriage. But what is marriage, right? What, it, what is marriage? Um, in marriage in its like purest sense is so beautiful because it's a sacrament and it's a reflection of the Trinity of God himself, right? So just as Christ loves his bride, the church, so a husband loves his wife and vice versa, you know, giving of themselves as self-gift. It's so beautiful. Like I love just like, I mean, you could spend hours, days, years contemplating like this mystery of the Trinity and how it's reflected in marriage, but in marriage and really in any vocation, whether, you know, you're called to be single, consecrated, religious, um, or marriage, a vocation is our way to the father, to heaven, to grow in holiness and sanctity. So whatever vocation we are called to is the way in which we, with, you know, our unique personalities, traits, qualities will best love Christ and live in that love. So I think this is important to kind of keep in mind and set this foundation because marriage is not the end goal. I think sometimes like we think of it like that, like, oh, like goal of my life to get married and have a bunch of kids and like whatever. Um, at least like that's a desire of mine. So that's what I'm expressing. But um, it's not the end goal. That's not the end goal. Heaven is the end goal in our vocation whatever that is, is our vehicle to get to heaven. So I think it's important to keep that in mind when sometimes we get focused on like the, the actual vocation um, that we might be called to. Um, so moving from that, uh, okay, so if we know our voca a, vo a vocation is our vehicle to get to heaven, if you feel called to marriage, it's important to know what marriage is and what it isn't. And something that I want to emphasize is that, um, like your spouse, if you're called to marriage, isn't the person who is supposed to fulfill you, to fill you up, you know, emotionally, physically, spiritually, et cetera. Um, cause if we expect a relationship to fill us up, we're putting way too much pressure on that person. Lisa Cotter, um, and Kevin Cotter, they're 
awesome couple that wrote a book called the dating detox, um, kind of to help you, um, you know, detox from these negative perceptions or mentalities you might have in dating, um, and kind of recenter your focus. And I remember reading that a couple years back, but there's a quote in there that, um, I wanted to read because I think it really emphasizes this point. It says, if you don't know that the God of the universe wants you, it is easy to go searching for that affirmation in others. It can be easy to think that if you just had a boyfriend or girlfriend who wanted you, then you would be satisfied and the void that you feel in life would be filled. But the truth is that no matter how wonderful or holy boyfriends or girlfriends can be, they will never be able to fill that void. It's just not their job. And I think the same is true for like a spouse. Obviously, if you're married, um, you're one with that person. So it's different than a dating relationship, but still they can't fill you up in every single way when that's the Lord, Lord's job. You know, I don't care who your husband, wife, boyfriend, girlfriend is. They can never satisfy you or be enough for you. Um, they just can't, you know, we're human and we long for something divine. So only something eternal and divine which is God himself, um, can perfectly love us in the way we are created to be loved. And that's why we have to understand like first and foremost, first and foremost, how badly Christ wants us. Um, you know, and I think once we truly understand this and want him as badly as he wants us, when we strive to live for him over all things, then And only then can we truly have healthy, meaningful relationships that point to Christ. You know, a romantic relationship is simply meant to draw us nearer to Jesus, to fall more in love with him, to make us more of who we are and who we were created to be. Remember it, a relationship is a vehicle to help us grow in holiness in that unity with the Trinity that we are created for. It's not the end goal. It's about drawing near to the heart of Jesus together. And then in marriage, like it's even more profound because the husband and wife are literally one, um, which is, this is expressed most profoundly in the marital act, you know, and because that's when the image of the love of the Trinity itself is expressed, you know, when the, when the husband and wife fully give of themselves to each other. It's a, it's a physical expression of this spiritual reality. Um, venerable archbishop Fulton Sheen, if you've never heard of him, he is one of the best Catholic apologists of, you know, um, recent decades and had a really popular, um, TV show. I think it was back in like the sixties. Don't quote me on that. Um, but he writes this, he's written a ton of books. If you've never read anything by him, go pick one out and they're all profound. So, um, but he has a book called three to get married. And in it, he says, um, Two glasses that are empty cannot fill up one another. There must be a fountain of water outside the glasses in order that they may have communion with one another. It takes three to make love. So in this in this instance, he was talking about the difference between love and sex um, and just talking about how the Lord is supposed to be so intricate in, in that marital act and love. Um, but I think it you know, goes forward through everything that we're talking about here, because if our desire isn't first and foremost for God in a relationship, 
then we are going to be tempted just by our human nature to make that person, our God or our own selfishness or our own pleasure. Um, we are tempted to make that our first love instead of making the Lord, um, that primary spot in, in our lives. And, you know, just from my own experience, y'all like, you know, I've been single for several years now and sure. Like I get lonely at times. Um, and I feel that ache, right? Like I desire marriage and a family, but my focus has been on, um, this time, like using it to become satisfied with God alone you know, strong singles make strong couples. And if we can't be happy alone, I know that like, we're never going to be happy with another. I'm never going to be happy with another person until I'm happy, just me and Jesus, you know? And so until we are comfortable and confident in our singleness, until we allow Jesus to, you know, fill us up daily with that inner peace and joy that only he can provide, we're not truly ready for a relationship. And so for me in my own life, um, like, you know, I feel like I'm in that spot now, but only the Lord knows that. And I think that's the most beautiful thing is that we have to trust that whatever season he has us in is for our greatest good, you know? Um, and I know that like by investing now in my relationship with the Lord, with letting him be my primary focus, I am best preparing myself for when the father, God, the father, um, does bring that man into my life who I can live out the vocation of marriage with. And like, I know it can be difficult. Trust me. Like, like I said, I feel that ache as a single person. Um, but it's about trusting that if God has you single right now, it's for a reason. He knows the desire of each of our hearts better than, than we do. And he wants to fulfill them. So truly just like making the most of this time, because it's a beautiful gift. Um, if you are single and same, if you're dating, make the most of that time, um, getting to know people, getting, you know, to know that your significant other that you're in a relationship with and discern marriage with, and same with marriage as well. Um, it's about truly investing in every season we're in. So I kind of want to pivot and transition now to like, so some more practicals, you know, whether you're single dating, engaged, married, um, like if you want to strengthen your relationship with your significant other, or if you're single and want to prepare your heart for marriage, we have to start with strengthening our relationship with Christ, right. And making that the priority and making that foundation so strong. So that way it can pour forth into all of the relationships around us. Um, so here are just some practical ways to do that. Um, first I want to start with for all my single peeps out there. So I'll give some tips for single people dating, um, and then married couples. But, um, first for, for all you singles, um, I think first and foremost, like developing a consistent prayer routine, like this is something that I've realized, um, like as a single person, you are in control of your schedule. You do not have to worry about someone else to come home to and cook dinner for, or kids to provide for. Like your life is very, I don't mean like selfish in a bad way, but it's just like, you can do what you want. Right. So this is like the perfect chance and opportunity to establish a firm foundation, um, in relationship with Christ. Um, I like to think of it as like, if we don't have like a consistent prayer life and we go into marriage expecting to develop that along the way, you think you're going to have more time to develop, develop a, a consistent 
prayer life when you have a husband and then kids to attend to like, heck no, you're going to have less time. So it's truly important to make your, your relationship with the Lord and that um, intimate time with him every day, a real priority in your single singleness and your single years. That way you develop that firm foundation. And so when you enter into a relationship or you enter into marriage down the road, you already have that set. So you don't have to like develop something new. It's just about, you know, it might look a little different in, in every season. Um, so yeah, take advantage of the freedom of singleness to, to invest in that relationship with the Lord and develop good habits there um, in prayer life and consistent prayer routine. So yeah, developing a consistent prayer routine. Secondly, like receive the sacraments. This is the biggest source of grace. And this is something that has helped me so, so much. Um, you know, especially the Eucharist receive, you know, I make it, um, a goal of mine to go to daily mass every day, which thankfully I can, um, you know, I try to go in the morning, but like y'all, the Eucharist is Christ poured out for us. Like literally his flesh and blood. Um, for those of you guys that might be listening and like, aren't Catholic, you might be like, Oh, what are we talking about? But yes, we believe that's truly the body and blood of Christ and that Christ gives us graces through, um, these sacraments, um, to help us live out a holy and virtuous life. So the more we approach him, um, and receive him, the more, um, grace we're going to be able to have in our lives to, you know, live out our lives of virtue and, um, be patient and wait for the Lord, um, to, to manifest his will for us. So yeah, daily mass, go to confession. Um, maybe can you make a holy hour weekly? So just like get in those little habits and routines between you and Jesus and develop that intimacy with him. And I think that goes hand in hand with developing a good prayer routine is receiving the sacraments often and frequently and really working that into your schedule and your life. Um, cause the graces will flow through that. Um, so yeah, prayer routine sacraments. Third, read good books, feed your mind. Um, there's the, the thing I love about, um, being Christian and specifically being Catholic, um, is that there's always more we can discover about the Lord in ourselves. So we should never stop searching for the truth, you know, especially in Catholicism, there's so much depth and beauty and like mystery that we could contemplate our whole lives and not know. Um, so we should always be seeking to come to know him, uh, better. Uh, and one huge way to do this is through reading. Um, I'm a big reader and I, um, yeah, I, I encourage everybody to read, even if you're not a reader, like just doing it for your soul, like building that habit. Cause everybody can read. It's just about making time for it. I know personally, like I always have like three books going <laughs> at once because, um, you know, some one's a deeper spiritual read, one's a more fun read and one's like, you know, uh, maybe about a saint or something. I don't know. Um, but just this daily habit really helps me and strengthens me in, in virtue. Um, and if you're not a big reader or you don't have time as much time, like throughout the day, like try audiobooks, listen to podcasts, um, or like watch YouTube videos, you know, whatever like medium is best for you to learn and, um, you know, kind of get all more information and dive deeper, like continue to nourish your soul. Um, so just like making that a priority. Um, okay. Next I would say, um, 
get tight with Mama Mary and St. Joseph, y'all. Like, seriously, they were the perfect couple, literally. Like, Mary never sinned, and Joseph, like, was basically basically almost perfect. I mean, obviously he had original sin and, um, stuff, but they loved each other perfectly, you know? And, um, so if, if you long for marriage, like this is who you guys got to look up to, this is who we got to strive to emulate is, um, our blessed mother and St. Joseph. So ask them to form you into the man or woman that God wants you to be for your future spouse. And, you know, one way to do this, I highly, highly recommend doing a Marian consecration um, and a St. Joseph consecration. There's two, um, there's several books um, to do these that you can look up or maybe Nathan can link them in the show notes um, if he wants to. But uh, yeah, these are great ways to grow in relationship with the Blessed Mother and St. Joseph and just ask them for their help. They're, they're your friends in heaven that want to help you. It's like, they're your like, I don't know imagine them as your mentors, like your marriage mentors, or you know how like you could have older married couples that you look up to. Well, like these are mine, St. Joseph and Mama Mary. Um, (laughs) And going with that, like the saints too, like just good, holy saints. So yeah. So what I say, yeah. Consistent prayer routine, receiving the sacraments, read good books, get tight with Mama Mary and St. Joseph. And then lastly, pray for your future spouse. If you're single and you desire marriage, um, pray for them. Even if it's just like three Hail Marys before you go to bed or whatever, just offer a prayer. Um, you know, in my daily prayer life, part of that is, um, I've gotten in the habit of praying a rosary every day. Cause I'm the rosary is important to me in my, my life. Um, I pray one every day for my vocation and my future spouse. Um, but I kind of always include the caveat of like, Hey, mama, Mary, like if I don't have a future spouse, like give these prayers to someone else (laughs) because truly we want to like, sure. We don't want to be like obsessive about praying for our future spouse to the point where like, we feel like, yes, this is going to happen. This, you know, trying to control things. We have to pray for them, but then surrender. We have to live in a place of childlike trust and dependence on the Lord. So we truly surrender everything, even our desires. So yes, we, we recognize we desire marriage. We are praying for a future spouse, but if it's not in the cards for us, or if it's not in God's will for us, like that's okay. Um, you have something better planned. So those would be the five tips, um, I would have for single people. Um, but then moving on to say you're dating, um, you're in a relationship with someone discerning marriage with this person. Um, I wouldn't, like add much more to that. Like, I think everything I just said, you should be doing, you know, that personal developing that continuing to develop that personal prayer life. Um, but then I would also add, like, start praying together, um, and receiving the sacraments together. So basically like inviting each other into your prayer lives little by little, obviously you're not married yet. You don't want to just like unload your soul onto this person. But if you're, you know, progressing into the way towards marriage, you'll slowly want to start, um, you know, incorporating more prayer together and, um, getting more intimate in that way with your significant other. Um, so yeah, so I would say like inviting them into that. And if you're not on the same like spiritual depth or like one of you guys is way, you know, has a much stronger relationship with the Lord than the other, or one's Catholic, one's not one's, you know, whatever it may be just still inviting them into that because 
if you get married, like you're going to be one together with Christ, you know? And, um, you know, if, if marriage is your path to sanctity in heaven, your, your spouse is meant to, to draw you closer to Jesus. So unless they're on board with that, they're not marriage material. So starting to pray together and inviting them into that, um, and just into each other's lives in that way is critical to a healthy marriage down the road. Okay. So we got tips for single people, tips for dating people. What about you married peeps? Um, yeah, you know, I didn't want to be that girl that like comes on a podcast and like gives a bunch of tips for married couples when she's not married herself. (laughs) Um, so don't worry, this is not just coming from me. I, um, asked a lot of my married friends that I look up to a lot, um, what their advice would be or what things that have helped them to, um, keep Christ at the center of their marriage. And probably my, my biggest source of advice is actually my own parents. Um, my parents are awesome. So I'm one of seven kids. I have five older brothers and a little sister. And, um, so they've raised seven kids in the faith. They've been married over 40 years. Um, and they're literally like what I aspire to. They're awesome. They're literally like saints. Um, so anyways, that's enough about me, like geeking out about my parents, but, um, yeah. So so here are some of the tips that they've shared and that other couples have shared, um, to kind of seek Christ together as you know, they're everything together. Um, so first and foremost, you know, above all, everybody with all the couples were like, pray together, right? Pray together. We know, um, that if we want to keep Christ at the center of our marriage, we have to pray together. Um, but this can look different obviously with every couple, but you can't truly invite the Lord into the center of your marriage if you're not speaking to him together. Um, so just like you developed your own personal prayer life before marriage, now in marriage, you and your spouse should have a prayer life as a couple too. Um, so I guess just like a question to ask and discuss and pray about is like, what are daily habits and routines that like you guys can develop as a couple, you know, maybe it's, you pray morning and night prayer together when you get up and go to bed. Um, can you pray a daily rosary together or go on a rosary walk after work? i have a couple friend that does that every day. I think that's super cute. Um, can you read the daily readings and do a little Bible study together? Um, you know, just finding your, your prayer routine as a couple, I think is super important. So that'd be first pray together. Secondly, receive the sacraments together too. Um, obviously this includes like Sunday mass, but maybe can you, can you go to daily mass once a week together? Um, maybe you can make a holy hour once a week or once every other week as a date night, um, going to confession once a month. So like you guys should in marriage be strengthening each other and holding each other accountable in the spiritual life. Most importantly, a great way to do that is through our actions. Um, so receive those sacraments together, get that grace together. So your marriage is rooted in the Lord. Um, third have meaningful conversations about the Lord. Um, you know, it's, if if someone's the most important thing in your life, you're going to talk about them. So if Jesus is the most important thing to you, like you're going to talk about them most 
especially to your spouse who you're united with, um, in, in the sacrament of marriage. So talk about what God is speaking to your heart in prayer, you know, share some of your spiritual goals and things you want to get better at. So your spouse can hold you accountable, like be vulnerable in that way with each other often. So you're inviting each other into that space constantly. Um, and I think it's important to note, um, one married couple emphasized, like it's important to be intentional about this, uh, cause it might not always come up, you know, in day-to-day life. Like you might not be like, Oh, like, well, like, you know, what did God speak to you in prayer today? You know, so it's, you might have to just put that out there or just, you know, I guess open the floor to have that intimate conversation with your, with your spouse, um, about your relationship with the Lord. Um, so making sure we bring that up. Um, next I would say, uh, basically what I said to my single people, but now for my married couples, um, read good books together, um, start a little book club or I don't know, like pick a, pick an area of the faith you want to grow in or, um, pick a book that you want to talk about and read together. Um, you know, hold each other accountable and grow in the faith. Um, so something, my parents are super cute. So, um, you know how, um, like, I feel like my generation is super into like, you know, YouTube or whatever, but their generation is not. But anyways, the latest thing is like three months ago, my mom got a, got an iPad and she got the iPad specifically. So her and my dad could watch YouTube videos at night. <laughs> just like Catholic YouTube videos, you know, they're on, they're on like Ascension presents or they'll like watch, um, you know, a Bishop Barron talk or like homilies from really holy priests. And I'm like, that is like the cutest thing ever. They like go back in the room and have a glass of wine and watch YouTube videos. I'm like, that is so cute. But, um, like, just like you could read good books together, you could also just watch YouTube together like my parents do, or, um, you know, listen to, to spiritual podcasts, whatever way you want it to grow in the faith together, I think it's important to kind of share some of that content you're ingesting and, um, you know, dive into it together. So yeah, that's another way. Um, and then I would also say, I, I, I want to just specifically like say this, um, maintain your own personal prayer life too. Um, you know, I'm saying everything that you could do with your spouse to keep Christ at the center, but, um, obviously you are, and obviously you are one with them. So you want to pray with them, but it's just as important to maintain your personal prayer time and intimate conversations with the Lord, um, that you hopefully developed in your single years, right? That's why we talk about, you know, you're not ready for marriage until you're, you're confident and comfortable in your relationship with the Lord, because that's where you develop the foundation for a healthy marriage. Um, because when you have that personal prayer time, then your conversations with your, your spouse, your prayer life with your spouse, and just living life, um, will be an overflow of the fruits of your intimacy with Jesus. You know, um, we can't love unless we have love himself until we receive him until our hearts are one with him. We can't truly pour forth love to the world. So we have to get filled up and nourish ourselves in that way. Um, so maintain that personal prayer life too, whatever that looks like um, for you. And then last but not least, something that many couples have shared with me are um, the importance of mentors, like other couples who will challenge you um, and who you can look up to, you know, have dinner with. Um, another couple was just sharing how important it was to have a small group or Bible study with other couples, um, whether it's at your parish, your church, 
uh, or if there's not one already started, like start one yourself and invite other couples in. It's so important to have community around us to build us up and strengthen us. And we learn from them, like what they do well in their marriage and what you could do better. Um, and with that, having spiritual mentors, like I said, um, like the Holy family or St. Louis and Zelly Martin, if you've never heard of them, they're St. Teresa's parents, an awesome, holy couple. So, um, pray through the whole, the intercession of the Holy family and these saints have like mentors in, in the faith that are couples. Um, so yeah, those are a couple things. So again, for, for married couples, one pray together to receive the sacraments, um, three have meaningful conversations about the Lord Four, read good books or YouTube videos or podcasts, whatever you want. Um, five, maintain your personal prayer life. And then six, just have some good mentors, um, in the faith. Um, so yeah, those are my practical tips for singles, dating, whether you're dating, um, in marriage, but all for the purpose of just keeping Christ as your first love and priority, because he's the only one that can truly sustain us. Um, and I did want to mention just at the end here, some resources to check out just because I'm such a big practical person and I love reading and, you know, again, we should always be growing. So a couple books that, um, have been really great on this topic for me. I mentioned this one before, but three to get married by Fulton Sheen. Um, another really good one is called men, women, and the mystery of love, love by, um, Edward Sree. Um, so those are two really good books to check out. Um, there's also the consecration to St. Joseph and the consecration to Mary, um, that I spoke of before. And hopefully, um, Nathan can link these in the show notes. That would be great. Thanks, Nathan. <laughs> um, and then also some podcasts that I really, really like about this topic. One of my favorites hand down, hands down is one that Leah Darrow on her do something beautiful podcast. Um, she invited Dr. Greg Batero on, um, he's a Catholic psychologist and they talk about dating and it's profound. So, um, I definitely recommend that. And then, um, my old ministry, beautiful depths, we have done a lot on this topic, but we actually have a podcast called strong singles make strong couples. So, um, you should check that out as well. And you can, we have a lot on our website about that as well. So check those things out. Um, keep Christ at the center of all you do and just keep striving friends. We're not going to be perfect, but we're striving. So that's all I got for you. So until next time I will see ya.